please open your Bibles to the letter of Paul to the Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, and we are going to read verse 1 to 4. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. May God bless the reading from His Holy Word. Please take your seats. So once again, good afternoon, brethren. We continue with our study, our series, in this last two months of the year 2023, entitled, How to Live Confidently in the Lord in a Chaotic World. Now, from our previous lessons, we have read from Scripture that the days before the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, it will be preceded by terrible times. Contrary to what we all desire, the world will not become better as the day of Christ's coming draws near. In fact, it's the reverse. While inventions thrive, information is skyrocketing, breakthroughs in medicine, but sad to say, according to the Bible, the last days will be marked by terrible times. And so, the war going on between Ukraine and Russia and, of course, Israel and the terrorist group is just one indication that perhaps we are already nearing that day. And not only the wars, but also the catastrophes. If you remember... Last week, I said that Jesus said that before, before the end of times come, there will be what? There will be troubles, and these troubles are described by Christ are like birth pains. Now, how many of you experience birth pains? Raise your hand. Okay? The mothers. I hope walay father nga mo isa sa ilang kamot. Of course, those of you who raise your hand, you understand what it means. The Bible says the birth pains. In other words, as the day of your labor draws near, you know, the pain intensifies. And then the interval becomes what? Slimmer and slimmer and slimmer. Alright? So, same thing with us. Like, as the day of Christ's coming is drawing near, the Bible tells us that the world will become terrible. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 says, Mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Now, in case nobody mentioned that to you, we are already living in the last days. Take note, this was written 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years passed already, and still, we are part of these last days. Now, this sermon, this series of messages is not intended to cause us trouble. This is not intended to cause us to be worried, no. There are two ways, two attitudes that people respond to the end times. One is that we become so paranoid about it, we become so worried about it, we become so anxious about it, that some people don't want to go out. All right? They're so afraid. Everything going on is about the second coming of Christ. Okay? We don't want to go into that extreme of overemphasizing about last days. Okay? Nabisag nahagbong lang ang imong suga, wa na. Sign na na. Okay? So, we, we tend to overemphasize things and interpret them as part of the second coming. Now, on the other extreme, there are people who are also oblivious to all this. It's like they don't care. Right? They don't care about what's going on as long as they're okay, as long as they are not in the Middle East, as long as 
they are not in Jensan, they are not part of the calamity, I'm okay. Alright? So we don't want to be on that extreme as well. Like, you live as if you are detached from the world. We want to be in the middle. And what is that? We want to be aware that things are happening according to the scripture, but we don't want to live troubled, but confident. Amen? Confident. How to live confidently in the Lord in a chaotic world? How are we supposed to live our lives when we know that the day of Christ's coming is drawing near? So that's what this series is all about. And in a previous lesson, we said that first lesson, how are we supposed to live? Just stay calm. That's what Jesus said in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Jesus said in Matthew 24, when you see these things happening, do not be alarmed. I have told you this thing so that you may know. So Christ is saying, when these things are happening, stay calm. You know? Leave it with me. And then last, last Sunday, we talked about to stay connected. Okay? The best way to be confident when things are not going well around us is for us to have the right connections. And the connection we're talking here is that be connected to a good church, a church that exalts Christ. You know, be part, be connected to a body of Christ. Because that's what Hebrews chapter 10.25 says. Remember? What is Hebrews 10.25? Last message, last week, last Sunday. Not neglecting what? To meet together. Not neglecting our fellowship, our worship, as some are already doing so, but instead all the more encourage each other as the day draws near. We are to encourage each other. All right? And so please touch the person next to you. Igna, tell the person, I'm glad that you're here today. I'm happy that you're here. Okay? It's good to worship together, face-to-face, -face, physical, because that's what the Bible says. Not neglecting to meet together. So stay connected. Our connection to the right people would help us to be confident when these things happen. Now, we come to the third. And by the way, there will be ten parts, so there are still seven more to go in this series. So stay centered. Stay centered. Centered on whom? On what? Stay centered on Christ. When things are troublesome around us, it's important that we are focused now, the reason why some people are so worried, some people are anxious, some people are terrified because mentally, our minds are all over, everywhere. Okay? And what happens when things, you know, things will not work out fine in your life and your minds and hearts are all scattered? What happens? It will not help you. It will not help you. That's why one important thing to prepare ourselves for the troublesome times is that stay calm, stay connected, stay centered. Have your focus. All right? Now, we always, you know, are always reminded, you know, when we watch a movie, remember, I, there was, I don't see that right now, but before there's this commercial that, you know, when there are emergencies, we are supposed to what? Stay calm, go to the sides, and then don't be in a hurry. Make sure you know where you go because, you know, the guards and those people will simply assist us. I mean, you remember that? Now, that's the same thing. Okay? We have to be centered. Now, of course, when we talk about centering our lives, we're talking of Christ. The best way to stay confident when things are not well around us, is to put our focus on our Lord 
Jesus Christ. And Colossians is the right letter to study. Now, we've done Colossians already three or four years ago. And this is simply the outline of the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians is really centered on Christ. If you want to read something that talks about the centrality of Christ in a Christian's life, then Colossians is the best book to read. It's just four chapters. It's very easy to read. Okay? And the whole letter can be outlined this way. Chapter 1, Paul declares what? The supremacy of Christ. Okay? Chapter 2, defend the supremacy of Christ. And then chapter 3 and 4, demonstrate the supremacy of Christ. So after, after Paul declared who Christ is, that he is the image of the invisible God, he is the firstborn from among all creation, from, with, from Him, through Him, and in Him, all things come together. All things were created by Him and for Him, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. Alright? So after Paul declared that in chapter 1, he talks about defending it because there are false prophets who are trying to belittle Christ. And then in chapter 3, he comes to the practical side. That what we learn, what we put here, must be translated into our actions. So I want us to focus on the third, demonstrate the supremacy of Christ. All right? So again, Colossians is about focusing on our Lord Jesus Christ. If things are not going well in your life, make sure that your focus is on Jesus Christ. Amen? Because time will come when everything around you will be shaking and the only thing or person that will not be shaken is our Lord Jesus Christ. See? In, in, in Matthew chapter 7, 21, we are told that if you build your house upon the rock, the storms may come, the floods may come, but your house will stay secure. Amen? So, what should we do when things are not going well? Focus on Christ. Now, what to focus on to stay centered in Christ? Now, are you ready? Let's begin. Let's begin with lesson number one. First point is this. First thing that we must do is to focus on your position in Christ. Focus on your position. I'm talking about your relationship with Christ. When things are not well in your life, it's always good to remind my, yourself, myself, who am I when it comes to Christ? What is my relationship with Christ? You see, your position and my position will help us when we are in times of trouble. Okay, look at verse 1. Since then... Now stop there. Since then, okay, that statement simply means that this is a stated fact. Alright? That this is an accomplished truth. Everything that follows is simply an indicative of the facts, the truth that we have in Christ. Now, notice the prepositional phrases in this three, or I mean four verses, okay? With Christ, where Christ, with Christ, when Christ, with Him, okay? Notice that? Again, so since then you have been raised with Christ, so that's a point of reference. Where Christ is seated, your life is now hidden with Christ, now, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. So, what are these four or five prepositional phrases tell us? They all point to the position that you and I have in Christ. So, this is simply talking about our life today. The moment you put your faith in Christ, listen, the moment you trust Jesus Christ or you accept Jesus Christ 
as your Lord and Savior, what happened? Your position changed. Now, we have to understand, what was my position? What was your position before you put your faith in Christ? Anybody? Atiche. We are enemies of God, yes. What else? Before we put our faith in Christ, what was our position? Enemies of God, yes, that's in the Bible. What else? We were dead in our sin. We were aliens from the economy of God. All right? So, a lot of people today don't understand that. A lot of people think that, you know, I'm bad, I'm not, I'm not good enough, but you know, God loves me. That's what the Bible says. For God so loved the world. All right? Well, in a general sense, but you need to understand, every single human being in the world, before faith in Christ, we are all enemies of God. We are all objects of wrath. Okay? Open, if you will, to Ephesians chapter 2. Okay, go to Ephesians chapter 2. You know what the Bible says? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sin. Verse 1. Take note of the tense, where. So he's talking of Christians and he's just reminding the Christians in Ephesus. Before you met Christ, before you got saved, before you were born again, you're dead. Alright? What else? Go there to verse 3. All of us also live among them at one time, gratifying, and then, like the rest, we were by nature objects of what? Wrath. That's our position before we met Christ. But now, listen, but now that you have received Christ as your Lord and Savior, by the way, who among us here accepted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Raise your hand. Okay, just raise your hand. Okay, good. Sure mo? Basig ning raise lang mo kay ning raise ang uban. Okay? Nobody got saved just simply because of embarrassment. Ang embarrassed ko, ma-raise lang sa kong hands. Okay? Make sure you've you've done that. Okay? Because that's where Christianity starts. Your Christian life did not start when you were dedicated or you were baptized when you were infant. No. Our Christian life started when we put our faith in Christ. Now, what happened? The moment, the moment a person put his faith in Christ, this is what happened. You have been raised with Christ. That's what Colossians 3, 1 says. So it's talking about position. So when things are not going well, remind yourself of what Jesus did. He raised us with Christ. Now, the, the verb there, raised, the verb there, tense there, aorist tense. We don't have aorist tense in, in English. We just have past, present, future. Aorist tense talks about a one-point action. In other words, when Christ raises us from the dead, it's one time. Because it happened the moment you got saved. So the moment you got saved, positionally, you were resurrected from the grave and you are raised with Christ. Now, let me borrow from Ephesians again because this is more or less a parallel passage. Are you following? Hello? Are you with me? Okay. In Ephesians 2.6, Paul is talking about the same thing. God raised us up with Christ, Aristens, one time. Notice what happens next. And seated us with Him in the heavenly realms. Friends, this is something amazing. We are still here on earth, right? We are still part of this turbulent earth, problematic earth. But you know what? Spiritually speaking, we are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. I don't know if it gives you goosebumps, but that's something amazing. When you try to understand that even though we are confronted with all the problems in the world today, you understand that positionally, as a Christian, okay, I am already seated with Christ in heaven. Okay? Now, you need to understand that how you know who you are seated with can help you 
with your daily problems. Alright? If, if you know the person you're seated with. Like, for example, let me, give you, let me give you an illustration. One day, there was this guy who was riding his, you know, his car. And he's so excited about this car. And then, he invited the man okay, to join him. Sakay sila. Okay? Naguba ang car. Something went wrong. And this man doesn't know. And he's so worried. Okay? And you know what? Ang katong iyang kasakay ba? Ningaw na siya nga, you know what? Don't you worry. You don't know who you are seated with. I can do anything. And he no, 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 this is difficult. This is different. By the way, who are you, sir? I am Henry Ford. <laughs> and you just happen to be riding one of the cars that I invented. So I know. Okay? Friends, I want you to understand this. When you know who you are seated with, it makes the, a big difference. Now look at the person. Does that make a difference? Okay? If you're seated with the father, you're seated with your husband or wife or your boyfriend or girlfriend, you say, wow, I'm, I'm safe. Safe under the side of the person who loved me. But brethren, listen. You would think that you are much, much safer when you know that you are seated with Christ. Okay, let me just give you some cartoons about it. Like, illustration. When Jesus died on the cross, we died with Christ. That's what the Bible says. Alright? And then when Christ was raised from the grave, we are also raised from the grave. We don't remain in the grave. Okay? Christians, listen. Don't live your life as if you are still inside the tomb. Some Christians today live their lives as if they are still inside the tomb. Their lives are so dark. They don't smile. See? When you look at them, it's always Holy Week. Alright? It's like Jesus has not rose from the grave. Okay? Please, again, look at the person next to you. Is that the face of a person who has just been raised from the grave? Or that person looks dead. <laughs> See? As Christians, that should affect. Remember, that's our position. We have been raised with Christ. Yes, reality check. We have problems. We have bills. We have troubles in this world. But those things are nothing compared to the reality of your position and my position in Christ. We have been raised from the grave. And friends, it's, it's getting better and better. You know why? Because God went beyond just raising us from the grave. He has seated us with Christ. That's our position. That's why Paul says, when you have troubles in this world, know who you are seated with. Alright? Know. Now, Senator Hubert Humphrey okay, said this, you must remember, he was telling another politician, how you stand depends where you sit. Of course, he's talking about the political, you know, in the political realm. Like, you know, in Congress or in Senate, if, if you happen to be seated in this group, then it shows what's your stand on an issue. Sample, abortion. If you sit on this side, then that's where you stand. Because they're pro-abortion. In this side, when you sit with these people, then you know you're against abortion. So how you stand depends where you sit. But that also applies to our Christian life, not just in the political realm. In the spiritual realm, brethren, what's your stand in life depends where you sit. Are you aware that you are seated with Christ? Are you aware that you are seated besides the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? Amen? Doesn't that change? Doesn't that make you feel confident? That wherever you are, the devil can never change your position. You are in Christ. You are seated in the heavenly realms. Alright? So that's the first focus. Okay, how to live confidently, 
we must focus on our position in Christ. I'm seated with Christ in His glory. Alright? Second, focus on your preoccupation in Christ. Not just your position, your preoccupation. What do you mean by preoccupation? Anybody? What is preoccupation? What keeps you occupied? What keeps you busy? You know, in other words, what causes you to think again and again? You know, your preoccupation, what keeps you engrossed, what keeps you passionate about? Alright? So, focus on your preoccupation, not on other things, but our preoccupation in Christ. Alright? Now, focusing on our dynamic position in Christ changes the focus of our preoccupation as Christians. How you think, how you focus about your relationship in Christ will definitely affect and change the way you try to preoccupy your mind and your heart. Okay? Now, this is what I'm talking about. Let's go back to verse 1. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. What is that? Position in Christ. Notice the second part of the verse. That's the command. In other words, because, because of your position, because we are now seated with Christ, we are raised with Christ, Paul is saying, then that should preoccupy your mind and your heart. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. All right, there are two present imperatives here. Now remember, in, in verse 1, I said there's the verb there, raise, it's, it's aorist tense. It's aorist tense. Now this time, this is what? Present. Now in the Greek, now just to give you Greek 101, when a verb is in the aorist tense, it's on sageto, mean on sageto aorist tense, one point action. Okay? One point action. It's like the moment you believe you got saved, that's one point action. You're believing in Christ. Okay? The moment you believe in Christ, you are given eternal life. One point action. Okay? Now here, in our, in our next verbs here, we find that these are two present tense. Now, in the Greek, a present tense, it implies a continuous action. It's going on. Alright? So, it's present, it's ongoing. It's the opposite of eris. Eris tense, one-point action. Okay? Present tense, ongoing, but then it's imperative. What is an imperative? Pastor Arfaid, a command. Okay? So, there are two present imperatives. One is this word, set your hearts on things above. That's a command. That's not a suggestion. <laughs> the Bible is not suggestion. Kung wakailang mahimo sa imong life, set your hearts on things above where Christ is. That's not a suggestion. The Bible is saying, no, no, no. This is so important. Because of your position in Christ, your race, you are seated with Christ, this is command. God is saying, you must set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Now, let's focus on that word. Set your heart. In Greek, that's just one word, by the way. The Greek word is zeteo. It's the word ziteon. What does the word mean? It means to desire, to seek, to pursue, to aspire, to be passionate at something. Okay? So what the Bible is saying is this. Because of my position in Christ, I need to be passionate. I need to set my affection. That your heart, it speaks of our ambitions. It speaks of our aspirations. Our aspirations should not be on things on earth but the things above. That's why in the New American Standard Bible, in the Discovery Bible, notice the word there, set your heart. Keep seeking. That explains. Keep seeking. That should change the aspirations. So that's how you know that you are born again. 
How do I know that I'm born again? You know what happens? The moment my relationship with Christ is changed, my whole ambitions in life are changed as well. Before, it has nothing to do with God. It has all something to do with what I like, what I dream, what I desire. But now that I'm a Christian, does that mean that I no longer have dreams? I have no plans? No. I still have dreams. I have still have desires. But in all those desires, the direction is always to please the Lord. Okay? Before, before, before you became a Christian, your desire is, Lisod na Pilipinas. Mag-apply me para Canada, Pastor. Okay? So, Canada, Canada. Larga me. Kay lami ang life dito. Okay? That's before. And then you became a Christian, you got born again, what happened? Lisod na kayo sa Pilipinas, Pastor. Mularga mi Canada. Why na usab? Mularga gimi Canada. Kung kana mo maka-please sa ginoo, Pastor. See? It's different. You now say, if that, is, if that pleases the Lord that we go there, so be it. Why? Because now that you become a Christian, your preoccupation, what preoccupies your mind now is what? Things above. Okay? It's not just on earthly things. Are you listening? You are, you are not just focused on your day-to-day. You're focused all the time in everything that you do, whether work, family, relationship, everything in your life. It always connects you to heaven. Why? Because you know you're going there. See? It's like everything in your life. Can I example ba? Mubuhat ka ni. You want to do something. Mo always yung pangutana. Unsa may connection ani sa akong journey padong sa heaven? Let's say, for example, some of you run for public office. Okay? And if you ask me, there's nothing wrong. If you're a Christian, if you want to run for barangay, konsihal, mayor, there's nothing wrong. See? If you want to serve the public. But because you are born again, you will ask yourself, what will be me being a mayor? What will this do with my journey going to Christ. See? Money difference. Doesn't mean nga, if you're born again, if you're Christian, primila kang heaven. So, di na ka mo tanog sini, di na ka mo, di na ka mo tugmol, kay worldly na. No? Di na ka mo tanog YouTube, di na, Netflix, worldly kay na. At to ka pirmi sa The Grace Channel o Hope Radio. Kay Christian mako. See? Because we know we enjoy the things of this world, right? But not the way the worldly people enjoy. We enjoy the world in a sense that we always ask, what has this enjoyment got to do with my journey going to heaven? Because you're going to heaven. Will that be necessary in your life? See? Now, friends, what Paul is saying, saying here is not just heaven as a place. You know, the Bible describes heaven as just so beautiful. In fact, Paul could not, Paul was forbidden. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul was forbidden to describe heaven. He wants to describe it, but God simply says no. Okay? It's so nice that Paul you may not have the right words to describe heaven because it's such a beautiful place. So, in the book of Revelation, John simply gives us some glimpse, like, you know, the roads are made of gold, like some of us are into gold, the collection of gold, hala, magnaning mo, pamaligya para makapalit of gold. O niya, nigabot na ninyo nga sa langit, ang gold nga inyong ipangitag maayo, tumbanan na di ay. Di ba? Some of us, you know, want pearl. We want to buy expensive pearl. Pero ikabot sa langit, ang sarang pearl. Murara siya o design sa gates. Pearly gates. Alright? The point is this. Paul is not saying you should be fascinated with the place of heaven while you live here on earth. Dili na mo ay gipasabot ni Paul. Rather, it's not the place, it's the person. Notice this. 
set your heart, set your affections, set your directions in life towards heaven on things above, it doesn't end with just the place, not just the things above. It says, where Christ is seated. In other words, our aspirations in life should be Christ. Amen? That our heart's desires must always be in connection to Christ. Whatever you want to do with your life, go ahead. Just make sure that when, you, when somebody asks you, what is that to your relationship to Christ? You know that you can answer the question. Alright? You know that what you're about to do is always connected to Christ. Now, our preoccupation is not on the place, but in the person of Christ. Okay? Now, remember back in the 80s, we have this, this uh, what you call this, it's like a movement called WWJD. Kasi kabot ani, raise your hand. Wagi kaidan na ko dali. Okay? Mga denial pumuda. Okay? Oh, si Tata di ay. WWJD. What would Jesus do? Diba? It was It was a very uh, sikat ka fad. Christians wearing shirt, you know, WWJD. What's that? It's, it's a very simple principle that when you, are, when you are in a junction where you don't know what to do, let's say you want, you're a Christian and you want to do things the Christian way, kay Christian maka, so I, I have to do it the Christian way. But then there are times that you don't know how to respond. Diba? So, ang, ang, ang principle is, what would Jesus do? Okay? Example, nadakpan ka, nadakpan ka. Yeah, gadali ka. No? You're in a hurry. So, libog ka, mohatag ko, anig 500. Di. Okay? Mohatag ko 500. So, nag-WWJD din ka. What would Jesus do? Kung si Jesus nadakpan, on the first place, hindi na, madakpas Jesus. Kaya musunod, may na siya, o traffic rules. Oh. Nadakpan si Jesus, mohatag 500 si Jesus. Dili, 5,000 yung hatag. Kaya dato siya. You know, Jesus is a rich guy. You know why Jesus is rich? Because he saves. Jesus saves. Okay, what would Jesus do? So, you, you have to ask yourself, if I am in this situation, what must I do? Well, you ask, how do you think would Jesus respond to such situation? See? That's what it means to set your affections, your heart, on things above. Meaning to say, friends, how you make decisions here on earth, they're all affected by your heavenly point of view. Amen? Wherever we are, whether in business, in our homes, you know, in our school, wherever we are, the standard of the Christian is always heavenly. Even if we are here on earth. So that's the first Present imperative. The second present imperative is in verse 2. Set your minds on things above. It's not just our heart. It, Paul is not just talking about my desires, my aspirations, my ambitions in life. He's also talking about what? My inclinations. Set your minds. Now, what's the word? In Greek, it's the Greek word phroneo. So in English, we thought that it's just set, set your mind, set your heart. But actually, in the Greek, there are two different words. Same tenses though, present imperative. It means to have understanding, to think, to have an opinion, to incline the mind, to direct one's mind to a thing. So that's the word. So Paul is saying, when our position is now in Christ, it not only changes our ambitions, our desires, it also must change the way we think. Alright? And the same thing. How are you going to have your opinion on this subject matter? See? You have to be preoccupied with Christ. Now, D.L. Modi said that some Christians are so heavenly-minded that we are no earthly good. <laughs> okay? 
Some Christians are so heavenly minded that we are always thinking of heaven, 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 and heaven. But the, our mindset of heaven has never translated to our living here on earth. And that's why you have people who are very religious, you know, always talking about Bible God. The problem is this. If you are no good earthly, there's no point that you are also good heavenly. You know why, brethren? Because heaven is simply what? It should be a reflection of our life here on earth. Okay? Some people are, are, are always thinking of heaven, but we are not making ourselves useful here on earth. That's not what Paul is talking about. Okay? Paul is saying, our mindset of heaven must change the way we work here on earth. See, how I become an employee, okay, how I work, how I go to school, you know, how I manage my home, everything in our life, as a mother, as a father, you know, everything that we do, everything that we do is affected by our heart and our mind. And if our heart and our mind is set on Christ, that must affect all aspects of life. According to Warren Wiersbe, our feet must be on earth, but our minds must be in heaven. That the practical everyday affairs of life get their direction from Christ in heaven. Right? That we look at earth from a heaven's point of view. And that's what Paul is saying here. Set your minds on things above not on earthly things. Friends, I know as human beings, we have so many desires for this world. Right? Desire for trouble, desire to have the things that we want. In fact, that's the very reason why we go to school, right? That's the very reason why we have to be, we have to be industrious in everything because there are things that we want and we want to buy them. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that as long as they are all under your heavenly perspective. But my challenge is this. I hope that in our desire, in our passion to get these things or to go to places, that's the same passion we have for Christ. Amen? That everything that we do, it always revolves around Christ. Okay? Whatever you do with your life, whether it's a business plan or it's a marriage plan, you always say, is this the best plan of Christ for my life? That's what I mean by focusing on our preoccupation in Christ. Now let's go to the third. Focus on your participation in Christ. The last two verses, verses 3 and 4, okay? Two participations, okay? Verse 3 and 4. Verse 3 speaks of the present, and then verse 4 speaks of the future. So first, because we are participating in Christ, it means we participate in this godliness. If, you know, when Jesus Christ was walking this earth, He was a perfect human being, right? He wasn't walking around as a super saint. No, He was just a human being like you and me. Of course, without sin. But he showed God. Are you listening? Remember in John 14, Thomas and Philip were asking, Lord, can you show us the Father? And you know, Jesus was upset. You know what Jesus said to Thomas and Philip? You know, Thomas, you know, you've, you've been with me for three years and still you're asking, show us the Father? Didn't you know that if you've seen me, you have what? Seen the Father. See? So, Everything that Jesus did when He was walking in this planet was to show who God is. And friends, that's what godliness is all about. To be godly simply means that you are showing God. Unsa may bisaya anang godly? Ang uban, ang ubang translation sa godly, Diyos nun. Oh no, yeah, Diyos nun. Which is, oh na, sakto. And sometimes, di matagalan tawag ko Diyos nun. Just nun kay kanya. Hoy, dili mo rag. Ang sige, yuan on na lang. 
Wa may lang option. <laughs> ano di mataganahan tawag og just noon. To be just noon simply means to be godly. See? When people says you're because ang atong concept sa just noon is what? Religioso. And sometimes we misinterpret godliness with being religious. Because there are people who are very religious but not godly. What we're talking here, Jesus was not a religious man. He was living out God. He was showing who God is. And friends, that's where we need to participate in Christ. Look at verse 3. For you died. That's our, say that's our exposition. We were dead before. And now here's the present. And your life is, present tense, your life is now where? Hidden with Christ in God. Now that word hidden is the Greek word crypto. Okay? Kinsa may naasa business sa crypto. Cryptocurrency. Okay? Crypto means what? Something that is hidden. Hidden, no? Okay? It is concealed. Alright? So Paul is saying, where is your life now? Where is my life now? Paul is saying, the world cannot see your life now. Because all you have is Christ. Okay? Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. Paul says, Whoever is united with the Lord is what? One with Him in spirit. So that when Paul says, you are, your life is now hidden in Christ, it's like when people see me and see you, they see Christ. They should not see the old me. One time, there was a man looking for Martin Luther, knocking at his door. Is Martin Luther there? Martin Luther there? And you know, Martin Luther answered from the inside. Sorry, that man died three years ago. <laughs> Who is this speaking, please? And Martin Luther answered, Christ. Alright? Because according to that verse, your life is now hidden with Christ. Amen? Now, imagine if you understand this verse, can you still, listen, can you still afford to live in sin when your life is hidden in Christ? See? Because if you study, if you study 1 Corinthians 6, 17, if you read the whole chapter there, he's talking about immorality. He's saying, if you are one in Christ, you cannot be involved in sexual immorality. And, and you know, on say Saltini Paul, because Christ lives in you. Can you imagine you having sexual relation with another person who is not your wife or yet her husband, and you call yourself a Christian? Paul is reminding the people, you're united to Christ. So whenever you have that sexual relationship, you're involving Christ in your, you know, immoral act. See, that's the implication. That's why Paul says, whoever is united with the Lord is what? One with Him. So brethren, we participate. We are supposed to participate in the godliness of Christ. And, and Paul says in Galatians 2.20, we know this verse, we studied this verse a few months ago. I have been crucified with Christ. What happens to you and me? Are you still alive? I no longer live. Who lives? Christ. Okay? That's why somebody corrected me. It's not right thing to say, try to live as a Christian. You don't try to live as a Christian. But let Christ live in you. Let Christ live in you. Allow Him to live. Because the old me is dead. That's what the Bible says. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. Who lives in me? Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, notice this, I live by what? By faith in the Son of God. See? It's by faith. I live by faith every day. I trust. I don't try to work it out, but I have to trust that by the Spirit of God, I can live in Christ daily. All right. So we participate in His godliness. Okay? Why? You and I are hidden in Christ. See? 
Now, the second is future tense. Are you still with me? We're about to end. We participate in Christ's glory. Notice the last verse. Reserving the best for last. Look at verse 4, and this is where you find the second coming of Christ. Look at verse 4. When Christ, it did not say if Christ, no, it's not an if statement, it's a when. So in, in, in English grammar, when a word starts with when, it's talking about something that is inevitable, something that is really bound to happen. When it comes, and it will come, when Christ, who is your life, appears, what is that? That's the second coming. All right? If you have downloaded the, the Bible, the Discovery Bible, <laughs> all right? And I want you to, to download it because it's very helpful. In that word there, when Christ appeared, there's a sign there. All right? There's a symbol near that word. And when you read that sign, what's the meaning of that sign? It says there, it has something to do with the day of the Lord or rapture. So it guides you so that you will not be lost. Okay? When Christ, who is your life, appears, what happened? This is what will happen. Then you also, because we are already hidden in Christ, remember? We are so united in Christ. So when Christ comes in His glory, what happened? You also will appear with Him in glory. Friends, doesn't that make us confident? See, according to Paul, all our sufferings, listen, how many of us have experienced sufferings and pain and problems and crisis in life? Raise your hand. Uy, gamayra. Okay, ang uban, wala. Sana all. Wala sila'y problem. Okay? Now, friends, you know what Jesus, I mean, what Paul said, Romans 8, 18. Paul says, our present day troubles is nothing compared with the glory that will be revealed in us when Christ comes. That's this verse. See? Kung unsa man na imong problema, okay? Whatever problem you are going through right now, that's even nothing compared to what Jesus suffered or what the apostles suffered or what missionaries suffered when they were killed for the name of Christ. And yet, some of us reclaim, oh Lord, why me? See? And sometimes you don't understand nga, kamay raman na imong problema kumpara sa problema sa kalibutan. Okay? But here's the thing. Paul is reminding us, when Christ comes in His glory, if you are truly born again, if you really trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will appear with Him in glory. Amen? You will appear with Him in glory. In other words, you will be glorified as well, like Christ. See? And what's the meaning of that you will appear with Him in glory? Alright, let's borrow Philippians 3.20. And we eagerly await. Are you eagerly awaiting the coming of Christ? Amen? That's because that's the next glorious thing that will happen to the church. We are eagerly awaiting the coming of Christ. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables Him to bring, take note, everything under His what? His control. He's so powerful. My Lord is so powerful, brethren. I don't know with you. Everything is under His control. Even what's going on in the Middle East, Russia and Ukraine, earthquakes, he is still in control. And, and if, if we wonder why God, why Jesus allowed it, I don't know. I don't know the answer. But what I know is that the Bible says He is in control. Amen? And this is what the Bible says. He will transform our lowly bodies so that they will become like His glorious bodies. See? That's the thing. So if some of us are... are you know, suffering from ailments, you know, recurring disease. And sometimes, it's like we've tasted all the medicines. It's like some, some of us are feeling na to, murag, pastor, murag, gikolekta naman akong sakit sa kalibutan. See? And some of us are feeling like, you know, nga nung daghan man nagsakit sa kalibutan. Uy! Right? But here's the good thing. It will not last forever. Amen? One day, God, when Christ will come, He will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious bodies. No more disease, no cancer. 
See? No hypertension, no diabetes, nothing except perfect, glorious body. And that's what we are looking forward to. Alright? So, somebody told me, Pastor Mac, Pastor Mac, kay baudyo ka unsag yun ang exact day or month mo alay si Jesus? So, what about ko? Kay baudyo di ay? Kay makibaw ko, Pastor, kay kung padung na ganit, di na lang ko magpa-opira sa akong naong. Kay usbon na mas ginoo. No need na magpa-nosleaf, magpa-facelift, Di na lang ko magpalaypo, Pastor, kay i-transform. And ingon man ng Bible, He will transform our lowly body so that they will become what? Wow! Glorious body. Di ba? No need of Vicky Bello. No need to spend. Because in the twinkling of an eye, according to Paul, everything will be changed. Everything will become glorious. Amen? So imagine... That's what Paul is saying. That's how we are being encouraged. We are living in a chaotic world, but we Christians are looking forward to a better, not just a better world, a better you, a better me. And it will happen when Christ comes. So what must we do now? We have to center our lives on Christ. In the meantime, while we are waiting eagerly for His coming, be preoccupied with Christ, Focus on your position in Christ and focus on our participation in Christ. Now, let me end with three ways to stay centered in Christ. Practical ways. Now we know the theology, but pastor, can you please give me practical steps that I can do so that I can focus on my position in Christ, I can focus on my preoccupation in Him, setting my heart and mind towards Christ and my participation with Christ daily. Three ways. Number one, always make it your goal in life to seek God's will. Seek God's will. Still, you still have desires, earthly desires. I don't deny that. Pero always seek God's will. Alright? You're planning to start a business are you planning to go abroad? Are you planning to get married? No problem. Make sure you ask God's will first. The Bible says, seek first. Jesus, this is what Jesus said. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And you know the promise of Christ? And all these things shall be added. Seek His kingdom first. Seek His will. If we make it our goal in life, na seek na to ang will ni Lord, I tell you, you will simply notice that you are living a God-centered life, a Christ-centered life. In everything you do, mga ka, kung will ni Lord, I have to inquire. See? I have to inquire. Now, I, I know a person before na murag OA siya spiritually kay bisan sa pag-choose sa iya ang unsay sulubon. Mupray siya, no? And sometimes ang OA. But I don't think so. Oh, grabe, bisag pagpilik sa patos, mag-pray mag pa ka, Lord. Ano sa'yo, mag-will ka ron, Lord? Mag-black ko, Lord, or mag-red? Well, now I realize that I should not make fun of that person. Because if he could make Christ, you know, allow Christ to decide in small details, how much more in all the details of his life, di ba? Now, second, study God's Word. Study God's Word. If you want a Christ-centered life, Christ-centered life doesn't happen overnight. It happens when we constantly study His Word. The more we understand His Word, the more we listen to His Word, the more we know about Him. Because the book is all about Him. Amen? Now, ingon si Jesus sa mga Pharisees, you study the Scriptures diligently because you think in them you have eternal life. And that is true. Notice what he said next. These are the very scriptures that what? Testify about me. Okay? Yet you refuse to come to me to have life. So Christ is saying, you study the scripture because everything in the scripture points to me. So every, th every time we study the Bible, it should point us to Christ. Amen? If your conclusion is not Christ, then there's something wrong with your studying the Bible. Because everything, according to Christ Himself, these are the very scriptures that testify about me. And then third, if you want 
to live a life centered on Christ, support God's work. Support God's work. Wherever your investment go, it will tell where is God in your life. Like Jesus, Matthew 6.20 in the New Living Translation, Jesus said, Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. In the previous verse, he says, Do not store up things here on earth because if, you, if all your investments here on earth, when this earth will be destroyed, and yes, this earth will be destroyed, all your life will be destroyed. But when your investments are there, up there, and then when this world collapse, your life will never collapse. Why? Because your investments are safe. That's what Jesus is saying. See? Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Alright? One day, one day a man was asking Randy Alcorn, how will I know if my life is really centered on Christ? How will I know? And you know, Randy answered, Show me all your receipts, your checkbook. Show me your transaction records in your GCash. And there you will know who is the center of your life. If all the transactions goes to you, then you are the center of your life. If a big amount of all your transactions goes to God and the church, then God is the center of your life. Brethren, where is your treasure going? Is your treasure going to heaven? Because Jesus says, the heart will follow. Because if our treasures are all earthly things, you know where all things here on earth will go? They will just be burned. And if all your treasures are bound here on earth, then you will be burned along with it. But if our treasures are all there, and guess what? When He comes in His glory, and He will say, well done, good and what? Faithful servant. You know, you have been faithful with few. Come and enjoy the glory of your Master. Seek God's will. Study God's word. Support God's work. That's how we concretize a life that is centered on Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your message that you have given for us today. Lord, we know that life is difficult. Economy of the world is shaking. Prices of commodities are always increasing. But Lord, that doesn't change the fact that you are in control and that we can live confidently in this world when we put our trust in the Lord. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are powerful. Thank you that you're so personal that you've left heaven for us to save us to die on the cross for us. Father, perhaps there are still people in this room tonight. People who have not yet made their profession of faith in Christ. Maybe you do not know what I'm talking. I'm talking about salvation. Are you saved? That's my question. When the Lord comes today, will you be one of those who will meet Him in the air? Or you do not know. Perhaps you will just be left behind and be burned with all the people in the earth who resist in believing in Christ. And you might be asking, how do I know? How can I be saved? Well, that question was asked many, many years ago. How can I be saved? And the Bible, through the mouth of Paul, the answer is this. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Believing can also mean coming to Him. It can also mean receiving Him as Lord and Savior. 
brothers and sisters, if you want to be saved, repent of your sins. Turn your back from the sinful life that you're in today. Surrender your life. Believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And the Bible says, you shall be saved. And don't, don't just remain being saved. Live your life centered on Christ. Be mindful of your position in Christ. Be preoccupied with Christ. And participate in the life of Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that our life today is hidden in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.